While many inbound marketers know that they have to focus on attracting and engaging customers, there is a final stage of the customer journey that's often overlooked, the delight stage. In this episode of Maiden Voyage, the mermaids are talking about customer delight, what it is, how to do it, and companies who are doing it right. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. All right, ladies. Well, today we're talking about customer delight. So, um... Let's paint a picture here for our listeners a little bit. When we want to land a customer, we put all of this work into attracting them. We nurse them along, we hold their hand, we get them to love us, and then we land the client and we do, you know, the work that they paid for. But sometimes we forget about the final stage of the customer journey, which is actually going above and beyond just nailing a client and delighting them. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, we're chatting a little bit about what customer delight is exactly. And I guess, I feel like that starts off with needing a definition. So let's talk about, let's read the, the HubSpot definition of customer delight and then riff on what we think about it. So customer delight is the process of surpassing customers' expectations to build a long-term positive experience around your product, service, or brand. Hmm. So I've heard a lot of things come out of that sentence. One, I heard longer customer life cycle. Yes. Also means less churn, which means like, as we all know, it costs more money to bring on new clients than it does to maintain your current clients, right? So there's a money saver here for the organization. Should not be why you're delighting a customer, but that's a fact. Um, And I also heard you say, Jen, that like of going above and beyond sentiment. So like doing not the job you're paid to do, but not the job you're expected to do, but the job that makes you shine and the customer shine, if that makes sense. Yeah, surpassing customers' expectations. So that's like mind reading, right? So like that means that we're all being active listeners because I think a lot of clients and you guys deal with, I mean, like obviously in the sales process, I talk with prospects all the time, but you guys are dealing with clients in your work here at Impulse Creative. I feel like clients say things without asking for them or saying them. Do you guys find that to ring true when you're in meetings? Yeah. And it usually comes in the form of like a question, like, can we do this? Is this possible? What do you think about this? Mm. Uh, Which means that they think you're an expert. So like, kudos, Krissa, as you are an expert. Like (laughs) they're leveraging your expertise when they ask those questions. But also I feel like complaining. Why didn't we X? Why didn't you Y? So I, I don't think customers are going to outright always ask for ways in which you can delight them. But as you get to know them and you're listening to their questions, I think it enables you to be empowered to go above and beyond. And we talk at Impulse a lot about like, del- like you know, like they didn't, they didn't pay for the landing page, but they needed it. It took me 15 minutes and I just did it. Yes. Yeah. 
the stuff that is delighting your clients without you having to be like, look what I did for you. Right. I think that's where it becomes like, you're not, we're not bragging that we did it. We're just getting the job done. And, and they may not even realize they're being delighted, but I think at a core, that's something that here at Impulse Creative, I always joke with prospects that like, you're going to pay for a hundred percent of my team's time. They're going to give you 150 because that's just who we are as people. And so there's a, that's a culture thing. That's a human thing. But like, I, we're really lucky here at Impulse that people, we do go above and beyond for our clients because it's in, it's our core of who we are. Yes. A lot of other companies, Jackie might be like, that's not in scope. Like, don't do that 15 minute landing page. We're not doing it. Um, and I think it's a, it's a balanced thing, right? Of finding an opportunity to say, how can we exceed these expectations without giving too much? Cause that's another problem, right? Cause then you're giving away too much for free and then it becomes the new expectation. Yeah. So yeah. then you're no longer exceeding the expectation when you do something nice, it's right. expected. And right. then that's when you start going over points and madness happens. Um, right. Right. And a hundred dollar a month client quickly turns into a $300 a month client, but isn't being billed for that extra time. Totally agree. But there are that extra phone call, right? Like instead of sending an email to a client, calling them on a Friday, Hey, I just wanted to give you a recap over the phone. Is that cool? Like that's the kind of stuff, nobody picks up the phone anymore, right? Nobody calls nobody anymore. So that's the kind of stuff that's going to set you apart from your competitive marketplace because you're going that extra mile, you know, saying happy birthday, sending a birthday card. Like, and I said it in our prep and I'll say it again now because I think this is the perfect time to say it, that gifts don't equal delight, right? Sending the swag bag is not delightful. Cheers campaign after a website launch is not delightful it's making you feel good but it's like I don't care don't send me a stupid fucking pen TD bank commerce bank like like I don't <laughs> the pen is not making me come back okay Karen yeah. so I think that it's our actions that delight and like the humanity of our interactions um, that make it delightful. That's just my opinion though. What do you guys think? I, I think there's also something to be said on that same thread of what delight looks like when you fall short for your client. What do you yeah. do to like help fix it? Cause sometimes like sometimes things are just out of your control. Some, like things are going to go wrong. Nothing is going to be perfect hundred percent of the time, but like you know, if there's a mistake that's been made or like something didn't launch properly, like giving your client a call, explaining how it happened, what you're doing to fix it and how you're going to prevent it in the future. To me, that's another form of delight because that's showing that you genuinely care about what happens to them in their business. And that matters. Huh. 1000% agree. When I was early on in my sales career, very long time ago, one of my sales mentors said to me, um, you don't want to be judged for your mistake, but you can judge me on how I handled the mistake. Yep. Love that. That is like, again, how we're delighting, right? It's like, shit, there should have been seven more emails in that workflow. My bad. We're going to turn that up for you right away. Right. And, around it. and I think it's not over, over, I always say this the wrong way, 
over-promising and under-delivering, right? Like, don't right. lie about what you can do. Be straight with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, so, Krista, I know you had something really awesome that you wanted to talk about in regards to, like, a multi-channel delight process. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of, like, the point. So, you know, there's some of these brands that have, like, and we've talked we talked about a few offline that have, like, fantastic, like, customer service and that you just, like, even if like you ordered a product and it wasn't what you wanted, like they still made you feel warm and fuzzy. Like, you know, whenever you were dealing with the return process or the refund process, whatever it was. And it, it made me think about something. Some of these brands are across all channels, like all social media channels. And they say they are here for you. You see their ads all the time. And then the minute you message them because something is wrong and you need something, you don't get a response. Mm-hmm. Yep. Being available. If you as a business are on a social channel, you better have someone all over that channel for customer service. If one of your customers has an issue and like be able to respond within an hour or two, that is my, that is my hot take. And if you don't do that, then you're doing it wrong. Like that is not delight. That is like, that is like baiting like someone an opportunity, like, Hey, we're here for you. Shoot us a message or buy something else. Here's this retargeting ad, but it's like, uh, you don't get an answer for like, you know, 24, 48 hours. Like, mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you've bought more than one product because you've been targeted by an Instagram ad and this <laughs> happened to you. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I've ever bought uh, anything from an Instagram ad, but like, that's just me. You what? I don't think I've ever bought anything from an Instagram ad. Do you have a soul? I don't understand. I do. I just like, they just don't get me. What? And I just bought Brian a gift for his birthday because his Instagram ad was like harping me forever and I bought it. And some <laughs> of them are great, like the shirts I bought him. And they are complete trash. Yeah. I feel like Jen has definitely talked about a couple of like trash experiences. She's like, the inst- the damn Instagram ad got me. Uh, I think what I'm struggling with right now is if a company Fs up and they just like fix their mistake, I'm struggling with the idea of labeling that as delight. Mm. I know that technically it's about like surpassing expectations. So I guess if they F up and then your expectations are low about how they're going to resolve it and then they kind of surprise you and go a little above and beyond to fix it, I guess technically that is still delighting the customer and riffing off what we said earlier, Jackie, about like building that long-term experience. But I dare say there sometimes like I'm done with the brand. Like they goofed up so bad or made it so inconvenient for me that even them fixing what they did is not enough to delight me enough to want to remain a customer or be a repeat customer. So you're saying like you made a mistake, you should have made it in the first place. Maybe they've made it more than once, I feel like is what you're saying. Or like it's like a one and done for you. I think I mean it's I think it's um kind of on a scale of like from one to how severe the F up was to all the way to 10 to how bad it was. I get um that. but like so here's a perfect example. I ordered a, one of those like cube shelves off of a vendor that works with Amazon. And I bought it in a particular color. 
and I got it in the mail and the box said that it was like the natural finish. And then I opened up the box and it was like their gray wash color. And I was very upset because I had gotten myself all geared up to spend an hour and a half assembling this and I couldn't assemble it. Um, so I reached out and lo and behold, I actually started digging deeper into the reviews at this point and found out that this had actually happened to somebody else, the exact situation months ago yeah. where it was yeah. that same color goof up. Yeah. Um, I reached out kind of like you were saying, Carissa, didn't hear from the vendor for like five days, but luckily Amazon was, is really quick. So Amazon issued me the refund within like 48 hours. Right. And the vendor reached back out to me five days later. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry that this happened. Here's a return label. This is like a, I don't know. It's one of those boxes that's a two man lift kind of job that I can't do on my own. They're like, they want me to physically take it back to a USPS or UPS or something. Yeah, to it. <laughs> and they took five days. I already sold it on the Facebook marketplace because it took you so long. Right, it's gone. And Amazon sent me a refund and it was just, it, it, the damage was done. Like they didn't delight enough by being yeah. like, we'll give you the refund. Here's that, the label. They made it more inconvenient on me. Right. And I, they're like, we'll send you the other color. Like we'll send you the right color. I'm like, I don't even want it. I went out to Target right. and I bought it in a different color because right. I trust their brand and I right. don't trust you anymore. Right. Um, I get that. I think where, where I was thinking, like how you can recover from a mistake is kind of like, um, this one of the situations Jackie talked about offline with Chewy, like she ordered the, she got the wrong, um, they sent her the wrong, um, medication for her dog, like different size than what her dog was. And they're like, we're so sorry. The new one's on the way. Please donate this to a local shelter. Like yes. that, that is recovering their brand their brand messaging and values shine right. through yeah. exactly like they elevated above the mistake tenfold yes yes and something good came out of it too right like and like don't come at me with your free return shipping that is not delight okay? no, no. free return shipping ain't delight you know it's delight when Nordstrom takes my jeans back after there's a hole in the crotch because I'd unworn it too many times that is some delight Bless you, Nordstrom's. Uh, <laughs> like, what is that? Do they have like a no questions asked return policy? They sure do. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know if they do it. That was a long time ago, but I have, I have absolutely taken a hundred bazillion things back to Nordstrom's. There's no time frame. There's no like, like I got three things in my house right now that had to go back months ago and I'm still going to take them back, you know? Um, unworn. Um, but like free shipping, pens in the mail swag like that is not delight right oh. I think another great oh yes god I didn't want to interrupt but I do want to talk about gifts because I think that gifts can be delightful but I think there's a wrong and a right way to do gifts and it's about who uh, your like is too the free makeup bag when I and I'm mascara I don't want that trash <laughs> right <laughs> That's not really like what you would consider a gift, but <laughs> gifts can come in the form of, mm, this is a little controversial too, like small coupons or offers. 
would you consider like that a gift or like 15% off my next purchase? Um, I'm thinking more like a voucher of sorts. Like here's five Give me the example. Something has happened. Give me the example. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I have a local brand that is a consignment shop and I consider them really great at the delight stage. And part of the reason is because they do a lot to in incentivize and um, get people excited about shopping. So they hold monthly like little scavenger hunts within the store where they hide gift cards. So they'll hide like a three $20 gift cards within the store. And they'll let you know like the gift card scavenger hunt is like dropping on Saturday and they'll get like slammed on Saturday because people get so excited to come and find little like $20 gifts. Um, or another thing that they do is that they, um, obviously they send coupons, like everyone sends coupons. You don't want like the spam necessarily like 20% off, but they might send you a little like $5 off your next purchase. Um, or they have a punch card which isn't necessarily super delighty, but if you get like to a certain punch, you get a voucher for like $10 right. off the next purchase. Like membership partners, membership clubs and stuff. Yeah. So do you consider loyalty things like that delighting? And in my scavenger hunt example, where you win like a prize or a the gift? The scavenger hunt is a delight for sure. Okay. But... I don't know if I consider a voucher delighting a customer. Yeah. Okay. It, to me, it's a form of promotion, like getting you marketing, in. right? Yeah. Because that's the line, right? Carissa is like, are we? Where's your motivation? Are we retargeting you, or are we? We don't care if you come back and shop. Chewy did not make me buy another thing for them to make me feel amazing about my mis the mistake. Okay. I you know what I mean? Like I didn't have to do anything else. It was just in the culture of their organization to be like, you know, um, like um, what's the word I'm looking for when you're like nonprofit altru altruistic in, in nature, I guess, where they were like, give this to somebody who needs it. Also, we're sending you the right item. Yeah. Yeah. That's they didn't ask me to buy anything else. There were, I wasn't on the hook for anything. Um, and, and I think that's the line is like, are we asking, like, is it marketing or is it just because this is who we are? Yes. It makes me think of, um, Patagonia, how they have yes. a lifelong, um, warranty on products. So you could have a jacket that you bought from them for 15 years and the zipper breaks and you could send it in and they would repair it. Or if so much time has passed that they don't even have like the right supplies to mend or fix that, they'll send you a brand new one of like their most recent model of that jacket. Which is like, okay, I guess why I'm spending $900 on it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love, I love, their brand is great. Their brand is all about giving back to the environment. I mean, don't they utilize like recycled goods and like. They're very like environmentally protective and, and I love their messaging and what they stand for. Yes. Like that's definitely delightful. Not every brand offers those types of benefits. Absolutely. On, so Zappos on that, on that, term, what is it? Zappos and their free returns. That ain't delight. 
You shouldn't have to pay to return something. I'm sorry. Yeah. My mind. No. And like, okay, so here's, here's something else on the similar thread. These brands that have all of this customer feedback, whether you're taking like a survey, like, you know, an NPS survey, which is a scale of one to 10, um, if it's in an application, if it's an email survey of like the smiley faces, or how would you rate your experience, blah, blah, blah. Like you have, as a company, as an organization, you have to do something with that feedback. It's like the situation with the, you know, the reviews that Jen saw on the bookshelf she got. Same situation whenever I bought my standing desk and it broke on day one, I started digging through the reviews and the same thing was happening to so many other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nothing was, be- you can tell nothing's being done about that feedback that they're getting. That's what pissed hell. me off. They're just like, yes. the mistake is the mistake. Like we'll bite it if we have to eat it. Like that's it. But it's like, you should, you should be taking in that feedback, especially if there's a numerical value associated with it, whether it's money lost, whether it's a survey response number, like whatever it is, you need to be analyzing that data, looking for trends and identifying how the hell you fix it. Yes. Agreed. Feedback is a gift, positive and negative, right? Yes. You have to open it, right? You have to accept it and then build from it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm sure there are companies out there where the, you know, the CEO or whoever is in charge of whatever that feedback is, they literally only want to see and even pay for five-star reviews. And like, that's not cool. You should let feedback come how it comes. Like you Mm -hmm. should take advantage. Like that's the whole point of an NPS survey, right? Like if someone is giving you, like if you finish an incredible project, And it's, it was amazing. If someone is giving you like a 10 out of 10 stars, like five stars, whatever it is, say, Hey, I know, I noticed you had an amazing experience. Would you mind leaving a review for us? Awesome. Great. Totally on board with that. Agree with that. Even send them some swag, like, you know, as a, as a gift, if you want to, especially if they love your brand. However, if they're giving you one star, two star, you don't ignore them or you don't reach out to them and ask them to change it. Right. Or take it down. You're like, how can I help you? Like, is this a right. it's like figure out the problem right. and try to prevent it from happening again? That's Absolutely. That frustrates me more than anything. Fully agree. Fully or, agree. Or do it when there even isn't a problem. I think that's another rabbit hole where we think that like delight only comes into play when something's wrong. It doesn't. Like delight comes into play when things are going really great too. Amplifying things when they're going well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe we could share some ways in which we think people can optimize potential technologies or strategies for delight. Like I know, Chrissy, you were talking about already, you've shared like this multi-channel like chat. Like if you're going to be on social media, be on social media. Good, yeah. bad, ugly, right? Yeah. Um, I think another form of delight, especially nowadays, is live chat functionality. Um, If you do not have live chat functionality on your website, you are missing the boat. Um, I don't want to call customer service. I want to like, like comment on your chat, give you my order number and just get my answers. Right. Like, I don't want to spend eight hours on hold with your customer service. Um, um, Some people do and give them that option. Sure. But I think live chat. Now there's lots of ways to do chat where it's not live. It can be form-based chat. But as long as I feel like someone's receiving my message, 
right? And like going to get back to me. Yeah. That's the key. If you're going to be receiving chat functionality, form-based chats, reply. Okay, people reply. Um, so I think live or form-based chat or chat utilizing like a wiki or like um, a, you know, any sort of document base where I can get an answer. Like for example, my new oven isn't working. I read the handbook. There's no, I, there's the code isn't in there. It'd be great if I could go to the website and like, hey, my, my oven is showing this code in a chat and I get a, a resource article saying, hey, this is how you fix that. Was this helpful? That would even be best because now I feel like I got to call GE and I don't want to be on hold for three hours today trying to fix my oven, right? So like give people quick options to communicate with you to solve their own problems. I think that's a really great, delightful experience. Yeah, with that for sure. Um, right? And, and uh, the point I was making earlier, just like on the social channel thing, honestly, guys, just like have a social listening tool. Like the, that way you don't have to look out for people tagging you. Having social listening means you can just watch out for your brand. If someone's on- What type of tools do you recommend? So I, like, I know that HubSpot definitely has like social listening tools. Sprout Social has some, um, like it's basically built into- um, like a couple of the all-in-one, you know, marketing automation softwares that we're aware of, like some of the big ones. But I do think like, if you just need something, check out like Hootsuite or Sprout or something and like, just be able to listen to your channels um, to see if people are talking about you, so. I love that. Something else I wanted to bring top of mind is that you can't, so I'll, I'll give you a sports analogy. I play defense. And um, if you've ever played defense or goalie, you're like the last line of defense before someone scores, right? I played lacrosse, but soccer, those field hockey, whatever your field analogy is. Okay, so let's talk soccer, right? Like if you're the goalie or the last defenseman, that ball had to get past seven other human beings, if you will, before it got into your net. It is never the goalie's fault someone scored, right? So taking that analogy into this, everyone in the organization is responsible for going above and beyond. I as a salesperson can't be a dick and then expect Carissa to delight them when they're her client, right? Like I have to be on my game and delighting. And then I expect Jen, when she meets that client to be delighting and Carissa, except as the, as the, you know, the, 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 the ladder goes down or up, um, the more humans they come into contact with at your organization, everybody is responsible for spreading the love. Yeah. Okay? And so if you get a client or you get an, a person at the end of your sales cycle and they're angry, it's not always your fault. And if that's happening a lot at your organization, you really need to go back up the ladder and see like where this started and why the friction began because you can't expect the goalie to save everything if defense and offense are not doing their job. Yes. That's really important that a lot of people are like, well, I don't work in customer service. No, you work in human service. No matter what job you're doing or what business you're in, you work in human service. So we're all responsible for taking ownership. Then as the business side though, give your people the opportunity to own their shit and to delight. So whether that means offering, and I know I said gifts aren't delighting, but like give your sales team the opportunity to send a $5 coffee card out to a big client before a meeting. 
have a cup of coffee, let's talk at two. Those are little things that you can empower your team with so that they can delight every time they come into contact with a potential buyer or a current customer. Yeah. yeah. And it really likes, it brings light, like how much um, the handoff between departments matters whenever a customer or a prospect is like going through it with you, right? Like if they're getting like this really choppy handoff from sales to onboarding, that ain't good. Right. <laughs> it's not a right. good look. Sometimes it's, it's the way delightful. it's your process that needs to light, right? To light your process, people. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other, oh, that's a whole other recording. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. We, I, we could talk, we could talk about that. <laughs> I think the moral, Jen, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I just want to add like one little final note on my end for like a strategy that I think, and it might be a tiny, tiny bit controversial, but I think I find it hard to automate the delight stage. I feel that delighting has to be a very thoughtful, personalized approach. Um, and it needs to shine through. So for like a brief story, um, I bought something on Etsy from somebody and I was not expecting when I received the package to um, have such a long, like thoughtful note about the process behind why they made something. Um, she went above and beyond by like wrapping it in very nice, like handmade things that weren't in the description. Um, sh she gave me like a special, um, coupon code for my next custom order. Cause I got like a custom order with her that was specifically for me. Like it had like my name in the code, like Jen, blah, blah, blah. These were all things that I didn't expect, but they were personalized to me. And that made me feel special and invited loyalty around her brand for the extra effort yeah. that she went in for me. And um, you told everyone about it. You were like, guess what the heck just happened? Listen to this experience. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't think that would ring true the same way if it was a stamped message that went out to every single customer. Um, so I think that would be my piece of advice to, even if you are a big company and you think in your mind, oh, I don't have time to devote attention to these individuals. It does come back to that human to human interaction. And sometimes you have to make time and it doesn't have to be a long effort. You could take that 30 seconds to do something a little above and beyond, um, that makes that connection. Yeah. Love that. Totally agree. Oh, wonderful. Now go out and delight y'all. Yes. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode. We have a few more coming at you to wrap up the season as well as some interviews. So stay tuned and subscribe if you're not already. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.